So, maybe one of the questions you're asking yourself is, why a capital campaign? Why do we need to raise more money? Can't we afford our mortgage payments? While it's possible that we could afford the mortgage payments over the next 20 years, this would involve paying huge amounts of interest. We would rather see that money going straight into ministry, where we can engage in discipleship, evangelism, care for the poor, leadership development, and church planting. Here are some numbers to show you what we mean. With the amount we've raised so far, our mortgage will be $2.5 million, which is much less than we had initially thought it would be, but it's still a lot of money. That works out to be just shy of $14,000 per month for 20 years, but here's the kicker. $1 million of those monthly payments, $1 million goes straight to the bank in interest payments, and that doesn't help to pay down our mortgage at all. $1 million in interest, imagine what we could do with that. Our hope and desire is to raise that money over the next three years so we can pay as little interest as possible and use that $14,000 per month to advance the mission of Jesus here and around the world. We have three main goals. First, we want to pay off our existing mortgage, putting all funds that come in through this campaign towards paying down the mortgage until that debt is paid in full. Second, we want to complete some renovations on the existing building to make these spaces as usable, warm, and welcoming as possible. Lastly, we want to add back features into the new facility that will cut out in order to stay on budget. All of this together totals 3.25 million, and that is a lot. But over the past years, our elders and finance teams have been putting money aside in reserves each month to help as a buffer as we take on the expenses of the new building. This gives us $750,000 that we can already put directly towards the mortgage. This means that all in, we need to raise $2.5 million and we're believing that together, by God's grace, we can raise that money over a period of three years. Church, would you begin to pray and ask God how he may be calling you to be a part of this campaign? God has been so faithful to us and we are excited and expectant to see him move in this new campaign. Hi everybody, Mark here. We're glad that you joined us today. Uh, as a parent, I often remember going to McDonald's with my kids. It's a great place to play, the cheap food, the toys, the kids' stuff time. and It's a great time and I many times I would catch up on a, on a uh, newspaper a little bit. But then sometimes I'd go for dinner and, and rather than date my kids in the morning, so I'd have a Happy Meal automatically in front of me. Well, what do you do when a Happy Meal's there? You reach out for one of those famous fries. And the response of my child was, no, Dad, these are my fries. You get your own. Now, there's three thoughts that came to me about my child. Uh, one, uh, that I am the source of all the fries in his life. I pay for them. I brought him there so he could have fries. Somehow, this child has forgotten who really owns the fries. Secondly, that same child has forgotten who controls the fries. Now, by this, uh, I can either say, no, you don't get any fry fries, like the soup Nazi, or I can bury him in fries. He can have fries until he doesn't want fries anymore. Thirdly, he has forgotten that I don't need his fries. I can get along just fine on my own. I, I don't need these fr fries. 
And, and what I do need is to teach a child how to be unselfish and generous. You know, God is just like us as parents. We want our kids to become generous. And, and we want that generosity to be in their character. Today I get to see, uh, we get to see how the, what the Bible says about being generous and how we can build generosity into our lives. Many of us think, many of us think that God has spoken to us uh, with a certain topic that's more important if that topic, if he says it over and over a few times. Well, for instance, let, let me just give you a couple, couple words. Uh, for the word faith is spoken in the Bible, how many times would you think? 246 times. How many times hope has been spoken in the Bible? 185 times. Do you know how much love? You think there'd be a whole whack of love in the Bible? Well, there is. 723 times. But how many times has giving or generosity, in this case, been mentioned in the Bible? 2,285 times. Why? Because giving is important. It is the expression of faith, hope, and love. It is the part of the essence of who God is. And as we learn to give, we become more and more like God himself and his character. Carl Menninger wrote, um, giving is an important criteria for mental health. Generous people are rarely mentally ill. Wow. He goes on to say that selfishness drives us crazy. So today I want to give you five benefits for becoming a generous person. I want to talk about how giving benefits our lives and changes our character and draws people. There's a love factor in that. So let's get at it. So let's stand in, in reverence of what we're, what we're going to be reading God's Word today. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7, and 2 Corinthians 9, starting in verse 6. 8-7 in the Phillips translation, you already excel in faith, knowledge, enthusiasm, and love. Now add generosity to your virtues. And the other text, 2 Corinthians 9, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. Each of you should give what you have in your heart and decided to give. Not under reluctantly or under compulsion, for God is looking for, God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, <clears throat> at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Lord, I pray that you would teach us today what this is about. Thank you for the freedoms that we have today. Thank you for the new church building that you have given to us today. Thank you for this, this tech opportunity so your word can go forward and the kingdom expanded. And we pray not only what we do here, but what other people are doing around the world to enhance your kingdom. Be with us. Bless your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, folks, for a message outline to take notes on, if you want to do that, cachurch.info, and there'll be some outlines there for you. Some of you are asking, why is Mark teaching on giving and specifically on generosity? Well, basically, we're getting our minds and our hearts ready for our stewardship campaign called For the City, which will have a faith-giving component so that we can pay off our mortgage on our new building. So why should we give is the question today. Nothing new for, new for many of you because you have been givers for years. But there's some who have chosen not to give. 
and some uh, didn't really know that we're supposed to give. And so I want to be an encouragement to you today for those who have forgotten the importance, the importance of giving or just really haven't heard what the Bible says about giving. This remains, reminds me of years ago when a young lady came to our church decided to follow Jesus, and then she decided to do something quite strategic with her, her business. She owned her own business and was running very well, but she wanted to give strategically, and she wanted to give a lot to the church. She, was, uh, she usually called me about once a year in her travels, and she would call me and say, you know, my mom, my brother and sister, my accountant, the people that work for me, they all think I'm crazy. Would you meet with me and remind myself, remind me over and over that I'm not crazy? I, I want to give towards God. I, I want His character to be my character. And I just need something to make sure that I'm not nuts. And then she would talk about, when she phoned me, she'd talk about, can I, we have another one of those I'm not crazy meetings? Some people give like crazy. I want to tell you today, you're not crazy. You might be in crazy love with Jesus and you want to overdo it, maybe, in giving. But this is as a place where we, when we give, we give for the kingdom of God. And we want to give with the same character that God is asking for us. The first reason to give is giving makes us more like God. For instance, God is one who gives back to those who love Him back and even those who hate Him. Get that? Either way, God gives. Can't help Himself. He's just giving. Matthew 5, 44 and 45 in the New Living Bible. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as a true child of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight on both the evil and the good. He sends rain on the just and the unjust, all alike. Folks, God gives. He can't help himself but to be a giver. In John 3.16, it says, God so loved the world that he gave yes and he continues to give as much and much much more than we will ever deserve this leads me to the old saying we can give without loving but we cannot love without giving god's love in us and it loves in us and it compels us to give our time our money ourselves god loves us and loves also to see that we are doing what he does he's the heavenly father and he cannot help himself but, but, but to, uh, to give. You know, I love my wife, and therefore I give things to my wife. And when I do, she's drawn strangely back to me. It's a simple truth. Giving makes us more like God and more loving. Not only the truth closely associated with that is found, First Chronicles 19, or, or 29, verse 14. Everything we have has come from you, O Lord. And we can only give what really is ultimately yours. Another way to say, God owns all the fries. Our second reason to give is that giving draws me closer to God. Matthew chapter 6 says this, Your heart will be wherever your treasure is. That's an interesting text. That's why I ask people uh, to give. Because as we give our treasure, our hearts follow that. And very bluntly, I want everyone's heart that can be in our church, working on the kingdom of God stuff that there can be. So that's why I ask boldly for people to give. So when we give our treasure to the church, our hearts will follow for the church. That's why we should be giving. So our treasure and our hearts will be like God and for God in His kingdom. And by the way, 
I remind you that God does not need our money. He doesn't need anything like that. He, he needs nothing. But He wants our hearts. And so if we give Him our money, attach our hearts with that, He will see and understand that we are giving like spiritual aerobics that makes our hearts healthy and godly and good. The third reason we give for giving is it breaks the grip of materialism. By materialism, I mean stuff. Our culture is saturated with materialism and the drive to own stuff. Better, faster, newer, cooler. You, you have uh, likely seen signs saying, born to shop. People hang that sign around. I, I just think it's a stupid sign. You are not born to shop. You're born to be like Jesus and do what Jesus wants. Some say that the person with the most toys at the end of the life wins. Well, that, we all know that to be stupid. We're not, they, we're not simply here to accumulate things. We're here to become like Jesus and do the works of Jesus in the kingdom. The lower man, mainland is statistically one of the wealthiest areas in all of Canada. And Canada is one of the most wealthiest areas in all the earth. <clears throat> Yet stats reveal that the Tri-Cities is some of the lowest percentage of givers in Canada. We don't share, many of us. We have money, but at least likely, we are least like to share that money with others. New immigrants to Canada who usually have less money than us or give away, they, even though they're just barely employed, will, will give at a higher rate and percentage of their income than many of us do. Great question would be, why do rich people not give more? They have more, why don't they give more? I believe it's because we are plagued with materialism and self-centeredness. The essence of materialism is to get and to want more and more and more. The only antidote to materialism that I have found is to give more and more and more. First Timothy chapter 6, verse starting in verse 17, Command those who are rich, that's us, in this present world, not to be arrogant, not to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides for us everything for our enjoyment. Command them to be generous and willing to share. In this way, uh, take hold of the life that is truly life. That's what we're trying to do today. Well, the fourth reason to give is that giving strengthens and provides, uh, pro uh, proves our faith to be true. Uh, can God be trusted with my money? Many people ask that question. It's a huge question for some people. Yet there are more promises in the Bible about giving and God restoring that than almost anything other, any other issue. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 13 in the Living Bible says this, Those you help will be glad, not only because of your generous gifts to them but to other, and to others, but they will praise God that this is proof that our deeds are as good as our doctrine. Many times when we think, we talk to people about uh, th certain things, they find out I'm a preacher and they get a little nervous. Until I start talking about all the things that our church does. We give food away. We fix free cars for single moms and dads. We, we, we help people uh, ending the downtown uh, east side drug problem. We're helping our kids around the world in orphanages. We do all kinds of those things. And what happens is their countenance changes. And they want more and they want to hear more about what we're doing. They don't want to hear what we're thinking or believing in our theology. But we allow them 
to look at our theology once they realize all the things that we do. We are a people that rolls up our sleeves and helps people. The sad reality is, many times there's been uh, people, either myself or Diane or people in the missions area, who phone a pastor in another church whose address is close to someone, a single mom or a dad, that is, is getting our hamper for us. And we often phone them and say, why don't they just go to your church so you go over and be the hero and give them the hamper. And, and many say, well, you know, I'm busy. And, and, and does this mean I have to pay for something because, you know, it's not in our budget? just angers me. Our actions prove our theology. So rather than talking about helping the poor, help the poor. Not stop talking about giving and start giving. We need to do something. And what happens when we do something is uh, the, the, our theology becomes authentic and winsome to our neighbors and they will listen to the gospel after they see how we're helping people. God even challenges us to trust Him to give money away that God's work or towards God's work and even test God and see if He will not supernaturally lead or meet our needs in return. Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the doors of the floodgates of heaven and pour out upon you such a blessing you will not have room enough to store it. What a text. By the way, this is the only place in the scripture where God says, test me and I'll prove myself to be real. I'll prove myself to be good. We need to do this. A little while ago, one of our gifted ladies brought her friend from White Rock to a church service. This dude was a businessman doing really well, uh, was the owner of the business that he ran. Never attended a church much before. I think this is the first time he's in church. But the weekend he was here, I was speaking on uh, Malachi 3 and giving and tithing. Tithing, by the way, means one-tenth. It means giving a tenth of our income to God. He asks us and leaves 90% for us to deal with, but he says this is how the church is run and paid for and the kingdom is paid for. And we give that uh, out of, a, out of uh, obedience to God. Well, chapter 3 of Malachi was the text we were on. And he was so moved that he said, you know what, after the service, I'm going to take this God promise up and, and see if it really makes a difference. I was nervous. Ten months later, he came boldly back to our church and proclaimed to me, I've been too busy to come to church. I'm now at least four times busier than I was later because of this uh, Malachi 3.10 promise from God. He said boldly, I am not a Christian yet. Not, and don't get me wrong, I'm not a Christian. I'm kind of looking, maybe someday, but not now. But God has helped me and given back to me as your Bible has said it would happen. Amazing. God is working in his heart. And I think as he continues to give his treasure, his heart will follow along. Pretty soon he will bow the knee to Jesus. And we're praying that God will continue to draw him and people around him to Christ. Allow me to take a little rabbit trail for a few minutes. Regarding uh, for the city financial campaign that we're going to have, we're in the middle right now. In fact, we are asking all of the people of our church, young, old, middle-aged, that they would pray and ask God what He would like them to pledge over the next three years. Our goal is to pay off our mortgage in the next three years. We have already got $6.6 .6 million um, towards our building. We need another $3 million. 
And so God, we're asking that God would, uh, that's our goal, and that God would be with us as we commit. Now, folks, that's only two weeks away. It's kind of snuck up on us here. So please pray and prepare to step out in faith and pledge what God would have you to give. And I remind you of a text in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, starting in verse 7. Each of you should give what you have decided in your own heart to give, not reluctantly, not under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you, abundantly in fact, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will have an bound in every good work. No pressure to give, by the way. No slick presentations of puppies to sway your heart towards giving. No checking to follow up later if you've given or not, or just pledged or not. No pledged police. We're asking everyone to do what they believe God wants them to do. And I believe even some people want to get involved in this who are out-of-province people because they've been asking, can I be in on this giving deal? And we've said, sure, they can, if they'd like to. But not under compulsion. This is a great opportunity to grow in your own faith and a great opportunity to include your children in this. So in our services in November 7, we're going to take a faith pledge, an offering of, of what we believe God is going to be giving us in the next three years that we can give to the church. So that's two weeks away from now. Mark your calendar, if you would, and don't miss that opportunity. Also include your children against and have them understand that self-centeredness is not the way of the kingdom. So please give as God as asking you to give. Our fifth reason to give is giving is an investment in eternity and blesses us in return. My dad often used to say, you know, Mark, uh, we can never outgive God. As my pastor said years ago, when I was a teenager, you can't take money with you when you die, but you can certainly send it on ahead. Jesus addressed this in Matthew uh, 6 verse 19 to 21. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroys and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, your heart is. Here are some texts that speak of God's blessing us because of our obedience and giving. Let me just read these and have these texts flow over your soul. Generous people will be blessed. Proverbs 22.9. Deuteronomy 15.10 says, Give generously and do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this the Lord your God will bless you in all of your work in everything you put your hand to do. Luke 6.38. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Proverbs chapter 3, starting in verse 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits, not the leftovers, the first fruit of your crops. Then your barns will be filled and overflowing and your vats will brim, uh, will, oh, be, will brim over with new wine. Proverbs 11.25 A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed himself. Psalm 112 verse 5 Good will come to all of those who are generous and lend freely and conduct their, with their affairs 
just with justice. Surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. 2 Corinthians 8.12 If you are really eager to give, then it isn't important how much you give. Acts 20 verse 35 Remember the words of the Lord Jesus himself when he said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. Do you really believe in this? Four principles of where we should give, or how we should give as well. Give to God's preordained agency, which is the local worldwide church. Jesus said, I'll build the church, spiritually feed it, keep it. The church will be a place of missions and praise. It'll be a place where we give to ordinary people around us. First, give to your local church. If this is not your local church and you're just listening, that's don't give to us. Give to your local church and ask your elders in the local church, why are we doing certain things or not doing things? Give to people. Secondly, give to people and organizations that you know and trust. This takes time to understand. By this we mean places of proven character with goals and organizational policies and accountability, just to name a few things that, they will, that people need to keep things in order. That is what we've done in finding Pastor Thomas, Pastor Michael, all kinds of people around the world that we pour our money into. First we go and meet them and pray with them and understand are they, are they haughty or are they, are they, uh, are they hum humble? third way to give is give to people an organization that God is humbly using for His glory. It's not about the people. It's about God's glory. Fourthly, give them when and how the Holy Spirit tells you. Not before, not after. 2 Corinthians 8 verse 7 in the Philips translation, you already excel in faith, in knowledge, in enthusiasm, and in love. Now add generosity to your virtues. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for the simplicity of your word and yet the powerfulness of your word. We pray as we have entered this campaign, we pray in Jesus' name that you will lead us. Not begrudgingly, but we would give with happy hearts, thank, thanking God in all that he has done in us and for us and through us. May we grow spiritually. May there be men and women who are not even Christ followers uh, come to you through the money that, they, that you have entrusted to them. Do weird and wonderful things like you've done in the past. And we will thank you previously to you doing that. In the name of Jesus, amen. Lord bless you, folks.